you'd like to open up to that passage where uh, I read from, we're looking in that this morning. And uh, the title of our sermon is, How Much Do You Value Prayer? That's a, a, a very important question, isn't it? How much do you value prayer? Uh, it is in the human uh, psyche, if that's the right word, but, but you know that people... Uh, long for prayer and, and when that bomb went off in Paris uh, last year was it um, they was, people were saying pray for Paris that brought a lot of scorn out of, uh, from uh, a lot of uh, people who don't want to believe in God but, um, but you know <clears throat> there is this thing about people that we feel that we need to talk to somebody uh, outside of ourselves and um, <clears throat> when we, we were on holiday, uh, we went, had 11 days away uh, in Spain, uh, part of Spain, and we visited this place called El Rocio, quite an interesting place, because all the streets are sandy there, and, uh, and they ride around on horses. They call it the Wild West Town, and uh, you can go around on a carriage with horses pulling you, or have a donkey ride, but, uh, or a pony, I think they were, to be precise. But while we were there, there was a big church there, and there was another religious building. I've never seen anything like it before. It was, it was a house of prayer, um, but not as we would know it, because I looked inside, and, uh, and I saw all these racks, and, uh, and, and there was a couple. Of, I mean, it was, this is a substantially large building, and, um, and there were racks all the way down, but there was only about three of them that had these candles burning, because people will say a prayer, and then they'll light a candle and they'll pop it in these things because you have to pay for the candle as well, of course. But it was a dedicated place. It had extractor fans to take all the smoke out of it. I've never seen anything like it. But people, you see, they, they, they have this desire. I know you go into the churches and the, these Catholic churches or, or, or whatever and they go and light a candle, don't they? And they put it down and put it up there. In their view, that is a prayer. I've seen on television, I've not experienced it myself, but it, people are in these uh, uh, Buddhist countries, they've got these um, prayer rollers or whatever they call them, and they go by rolling them like that, it's a bit of, you know, for good luck on your journey. That is their view of prayer, and there, there, there are all sorts of ideas about prayer. So there is that thing within the human soul that believes that we should be praying to something uh, and when we look at this and we read this passage this morning we see here uh, that Jesus puts a very high priority on prayer he's God himself remember but he says that men and that includes women as well always ought to pray and not lose heart we always ought to pray. It is a valuable thing. Jesus himself, I just looked through various passages, uh, particularly in, the, in, in Luke's Gospel, and I made a note of some of them. In chapter 6, it finds that he was praying all night. This is God. He wanted to be in communion uh, with his Father. That tells us, you see, it's a relationship. That's the difference between uh, all religions uh, and true biblical Christianity. It's about a relationship with God. And he's given us these gifts, his word, to hear what he's got to say to us. 
and we can open up our hearts to him in prayer and and yeah here's jesus he valued prayer he prayed all night and the following morning he chose his disciples he wrestled with his father over the who's the you know is these the right choices uh, and uh, and and he he chose those 12 men to be his disciples including Judas, Judas Iscariot who was going to betray him uh, we find as well that uh, when he had fed 5,000 people that he, he, went, he was alone in prayer and, uh, and afterwards he spoke to his disciples and, uh, and the reason he was praying not just for the 5,000 but he was praying for his disciples he had demonstrated the ability that take five loaves and three fishes and just keep breaking those loaves up and feeding well there was five thousand men there was children and women there as well i mean that's an amazing thing to do isn't it that's because he's god and he prays and then he asked them he said who do people say that i am he wants to find out what people but, it, but he gets to the nub of the question and this is what he was praying about but who do you say that I am he's showing the importance of prayer uh, and how our prayers can change people's lives and circumstances uh, Jesus was here to get to the hub and the heart of matters uh, and, and we find that um, as you read I'll just leave it at that, that for the moment but Jesus was praying and reading time and time again he took three disciples up a mount a mount inside a transfiguration where he had the transfiguration there these disciples saw an amazing thing jesus believed in prayer he valued prayer he was demonstrating in his life that we need to pray that's why he says here um we also ought to pray just think as I said, this is a relationship that we have with God. But just think about earthly relationships for a moment. If uh, <coughs> you've got friends, uh, it, I know that things are a bit different nowadays. You see people who are gone, I saw them on holiday together, and they sat there, and they're not talking to one another. They're on their phones talking to somebody else a long way off, sending them a message. It's a bit of a strange society that we're living in. But in general, you see, when you're in relationships... You talk to one another. Because if you don't talk to one another, it'll die, won't it? It's a waste of time. And so we, we're in a relationship with God. He speaks to us from his word, and we can open up our hearts to him. Now, <clears throat> the first thing I want to point out to, and it from this passage, that prayer is required to be saved. What do I mean by being saved? Well, being brought uh, we all need saving because we're Adam's children we're all going to hell every one of us <coughs> is under God's condemnation and we need to be saved from that and the way to do that <coughs> as I say there is this need in people's hearts to pray but we need to be praying to the right person the true and living God through his son the Lord Jesus that's how we get to be saved and Jesus illustrates this in the second half of this reading that we had this morning when he talked about two men who went up to the temple to pray a pharisee and the other was a tax collector that's in verse 10 and we read of the pharisee the religious leader 
The man who knew the Old Testament, the commandments, and of course he knew all the other things about their, uh, their religious works and, and uh, the tithing and all these things, which is what they believed in. And Jesus said that when he prayed, he prayed thus with himself. He prayed to himself. There was no humility in his heart whatsoever. He's a man of boasting, isn't he? He stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank, <coughs> I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners. You see, he looks at other people. He looks down at other people. We're all the same, friends. It doesn't matter what country we come from, what our background is, we're all born the same and we're brought into this world and we've all got Adam's nature and we're equal, every one of us. And yet we have this heart within us like this Pharisee that says, I'm not an extortioner, I'm not unjust, I'm not an adulterer and I'm not even like this tax collector, the other men that Jesus is talking about here who he looked down on. Well, none of us can look down on anybody else. We're not better than anybody else. This man is demonstrating his heart, and there is pride, and there is, uh, you know, that's an insult to God. That's why he's just praying with himself. He's exalting himself to himself, not to God. And then he talks, he encourages himself. He's like, fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. There are five eyes in that passage about this man. It's all about himself. God must accept me because this is the man that I am. He's forgotten the fact that he's Adam's child under God's condemnation facing hell. He needs saving. But then we look at the other man, the despised man, the man who the Pharisee looked down upon as a servant of the Romans, getting money off of the Romans, as a wretched, miserable sinner. Well, he was a wretched, wretched, miserable sinner. And this man, it says he didn't even approach to the, the Holy of Holies. It says he stood far, far away, and he wouldn't raise his eyes to heaven because he was feeling the weight of his sin. As Jesus said in, in Matthew 5 on the Sermon on the Mount, he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall inherit the kingdom of God. He was poor in spirit about his sin. He felt the weight of his sin. It, it goes on to say, Jesus said, Blessed are those that mourn, because they shall be comforted. He was mourning over his sins. He, he was in pain over his sin. He felt, as I say, he knew he was in the presence of a holy God. He couldn't lift his eyes. But he was in so much pain and, and, and feeling the weight of his sin that he smote his breast. He felt so bad. And he just utters a couple of words, doesn't he? God be merciful to me, a sinner. That's repentance. No excuses there, is there? You know, so often when we do things wrong, we make an excuse, don't we? Repentance is a, a total admission that we're absolutely wrong. We're of Adam's race. We want to be like Adam and be God of our own lives. And that's our sin and we need to turn from that. 
and, and just say, realize that we're in the presence of a holy God and we're going to have to give an account of our lives. And if we're not saved, we're going to go to hell forevermore. We're under God's condemnation. We, be, we need to be like this Pharisee and uh, repent and cry out to God to be merciful to me, a sinner. And he didn't even know at that point that Jesus was going to die for him on the cross, which he has done. That's where our hope is, in, all the, in, in the Lord Jesus himself, <clears throat> who was perfect and went to the cross as we were speaking to the children. He had to be lifted up as that serpent did in the wilderness. And you, uh, you, know, you exercise faith, as we'll see in this again, in, in prayer and crying out to Jesus to save you and come into your life. So prayer is essential for salvation. To begin that relationship with God. But it doesn't end there. Because prayer is uh, the demonstration that we are believers. That uh, it's the evidence. It's the ongoing evidence that we are in a relationship with God. So we need to keep praying. And uh, if you want to turn over to uh, chapter 11 of uh, Luke's Gospel you'll find there that Jesus has given us an aid to help us praying. He's given us what some people call the Lord's Prayer. And again, Jesus, uh, while he was there, it said, now came to pass, it, as he, Jesus, was praying in a certain place. You see, Jesus praying. When he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. So John the Baptist was a man of prayer. He encouraged his disciples to pray. The, the, it's vital. And, uh, and Jesus said, right, this is what we say. When you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's wonderful, isn't it? When you're in a relationship with the God who has made this universe, we can call him our Father. That's wonderful, isn't it? Our Father, the living God. He's a father to us. And he cares about us. He wants to hear from us. He's a loving father. The God who, is, who knows every grain of dust in this universe that we cannot plumb the depths of. With all its different galaxies. And, uh, and there are, they tell us there are 100,000 different galaxies. So how many stars there are in the universe, I have no idea. But God knows everyone. And every small bit of grain of dust. He knows all about our lives. He is a father to us. He cares about us. Uh, he numbers the hairs on our head. He is so deeply acquainted with us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. That's the reality. This is the one that we come to. And he's in heaven. And it says, hallowed is, uh, be your name. In other words, we worship God. Now, I've just been saying a, a, a thing about our Father, but we, when we read the Word of God, we understand more about our God. And, and, and it helps us and aids us in our worship. It enlarges our vision of our God so that, that we do come and praise Him. We should praise Him for who He is. He is our Creator. He is our Sustainer. Your next breath is a gift of God. 
And you know, I nearly didn't make it here this morning. Well, in, in human terms, I'm here because God ordained that I was here. But I did share with Tony that I was nearly in the head-on crash this morning. I had to break and almost stop because a bloke was overtaking these cycles. And, uh, <clears throat> and I, I, one bloke went by and then I was shocked to see another one. And I braked. But that was in God's goodness that I'm here this morning. It's in his plan. He's got everything planned out. We should praise God, you know, for, for all that he has done for us in, in, in our lives. Um, you know, the fact that if you're a believer here this morning, how wonderful it is to think that you are in absolute ignorance and darkness towards God. And yet in his love, he persevered and won you over with his great love and brought you into his kingdom. Doesn't that excite you? Doesn't that want to praise God, not least for the Lord Jesus in coming into this world, becoming a man, to live that life that he did, to be abused, to be despised and rejected for us, you know, ultimately for us to bring us into his kingdom. There is so much to praise God for. These, this is the, the, his pattern of praying that we should begin with worship and praise and adoration unto our God. You need to be thinking about these things uh, and meditating upon the Lord and open your heart up to him in praise. Uh, and, and that's how he wants us to. I know that we can read in the Psalms there are times when we haven't got time to do that, when we need to pray an arrow prayer as it was. God help me in this moment, whatever it is, or going to talk to somebody about the Lord. But, but this is the general pattern how we should come and address Christ uh, and, and the living God. And then it says... Uh, your kingdom uh, your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven well we should be praying for ourselves to be a part of bringing about the kingdom of God into the hearts and lives of others evangelism we should be earnestly praying that the Lord will use us to be a mouthpiece as others spoke to us about the saviour and be praying for these people to come to Christ in our families, in our neighbours and friends, our acquaintances, our workplaces. Places. And as a church, how can we get out and reach the lost? It's a, it's a desperate world we live in. I, I was uh, reading, um, uh, I don't know whether you know them, Kevin and Sue Matthews, who they were in Wilstead, they now are up in Mill Row. Uh, and uh, they were saying they had a wonderful day of evangelism. I, I think it was in Bolton. They'd been doing a lot. They do a lot of evangelistic work of so many people interested in the gospel. Uh, people are praying for these wonderful things. That's what we need here in Potton, isn't it? People hearing, hearing about the Lord Jesus Christ. So we pray for God's kingdom to come, for his will to be done. You know, he has his chosen people, his prepared persons. We should be praying that God will lead us to them because we are uh, the prepared servants and teachers of the word of God, the prepared preachers. We're male or female on an individual basis to win these souls to Christ or bring them to Christ. He's the one that saves them. He's the only one that can do that. But we can lead them. We can be like Andrew who brought Peter uh, went to his brother Peter and said, look, I, I, I've found the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus does the rest in changing a heart and life. 
But we should be praying about those things. Uh, we should be praying, as he goes on to say, uh, praying for our needs. Give us our daily bread. Praying about our employment. Some of us are retired now, but we still need, you know, we still need finances. We still need those things that are needful to us. All of that, we can pray about our personal circumstances. We should be a forgiving people. We should be asking for forgiveness. Uh, one of our brothers prayed that before we came into the service this morning that we be forgiven for our sins. Oh, we do need forgiveness of our sins. I know we've been forgiven for our sins when Jesus died on the cross for us. But we always need to keep short accounts because we sin daily. Um, not just once, but we go through the day all time and time again. There are times when we sin where we don't even realise it. So we need to be confessing our sins before God. And we also need to be forgiving others. It's no good bearing grudges. As he says here that we should be forgiving other people who, who are indebted to us, those who upset us. Um, Paul goes on to write saying about these things, do not have a root of bitterness in your heart towards other people. People may upset you. They may say things that are not right. But if you, if you do not forgive them and you, you keep turning that over in your mind, it will, it will uh, you know, impair your relationship with God. It will, you, you will find it difficult to pray because that will keep welling up in your heart and your mind. Be of a forgiving heart. I've had to learn that lesson myself. And, uh, and I praise God that, uh, that he has brought that into my heart. To be able to forgive people and accept uh, those circumstances. So he's given us this prayer and, and, and praying that the Lord will lead us away from suffering and trials as he goes on. Lead us not into temptation etc. He has given us this wonderful pattern prayer that we can pray to the living God. As I come back to this, we are in a relationship with the Lord. He delights to hear our prayers. i just give this little illustration, and I praise God that I can able to give this, because when, <clears throat> when, we, when, uh, when in our early days of marriage, and we, uh, uh, we had two sons, and before they were school age, when I used to drive in, come down the road, I could see their little heads looking out the window. And uh, they were stood on some toys like an old tractor that they were able to ride around and things like that. They were stood up there and they watched me. The car went down the drive and as, it's, as I, the wind, my window went past the window, I could see them running and they were out the back there with the door open and they couldn't wait to tell me what they'd been doing that day. Now that's wonderful, that's relationship, that's a family relationship. And they would tell me that was gone, so I came in the door. And, uh, and then finally my wife got a chance to have her say as well. But that's what a family is about, isn't it? And that's how we should be with God. And you know, when we're out enjoying ourselves, we should be able to praise God and say, thank you Lord. You know, we go with the Lord wherever we are, we should praise God. I mean, we, we had a wonderful uh, holiday uh, over the last week or so. And, uh, and we had, the view we had was wonderful. For us it was anyway. I don't know what it was for you. But we praised God for that. We really did. There were some wonderful things that we saw with the rising sun and the, the rising of the moon was amazing as well. 
But there were all sorts of things. And, and we praise God for those things. So we're in this relationship. And, and the final point I want to put this is that we need to be persistent in our prayer because Jesus tells us that here, that he should, we should not lose heart. We should pray and not lose heart. And he gives this illustration of this unjust judge and a widow who would, uh, uh, somebody who she called an adversary, an enemy, uh, had obviously uh, taken some property off her, maybe when her husband died. These things happen, we don't know. But she went to the unjust judge. He didn't fear God. He didn't really care about people. You think, why have we got judges like that? But anyway, and she went to him. Oh, go away, you silly woman, whatever words he used. Go away, go away. But she kept coming back at him. And in the end, he thought, I can't stand the sight of this woman anymore. I'm fed up with her. And so he said, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the justice. And he sorted it. And as Jesus said, God is not an unjust judge. He is just. On the day of judgment, there will be no mistakes, friends. He knows everything about us. And we can open up our hearts to him and, and pour out our hearts to him about these issues and about any issue. And, and I want to share another story because, because sometimes you have to keep going and keep going. And we read of this woman in Matthew chapter 15, a Sidonian woman. She wasn't even a Jew. I mean, most of the Jews rejected who Jesus was. But this Sidonian woman <coughs> from a pagan background uh, she knew who Jesus was. She knew that he was the Christ. And, uh, and her daughter was demon-possessed. And Jesus went out of his way to go to Sidon, where this woman was. And she came to him, and, uh, and she cried out for help. Jesus ignored her at first. Just remember that when we pray. Sometimes we think God is ignoring us, but he's not. He's not. He's He's testing us in our praying. He wants us to, to open up our hearts. And he wants us to use the scriptures because this woman who was from a pagan background, she used the scriptures. Um, I think I'll open that up actually because it's interesting to read what, uh, what goes on. And uh, you can read it, chapter 15 of Matthew's gospel uh, when he was there. And, uh, and she cries out, O oh Lord, son of David, she recognizes it, <coughs> son, of the son of David. They had some teaching there, obviously, going back to the days of David when uh, he was friendly with Hiram the king, and, uh, and all these things were passed down to him. And it says, but he answered her not a word. And then his disciples, who are not really understanding in these things, send her away, get rid of this pagan woman, we don't want her around us. And then Jesus, you see, had to answer then, didn't he? And, uh, and he says to her, uh, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. See? Simple words. Simple words. God, God knows what help we need. He knows what help we need. And she cries out to him. But even then, he answers us, but what does he say? It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. You see, the Jews always look at the Gentiles as dogs. And, uh, and so Jesus even threw out an insult that she would have understood. 
But does that put her off? No. She said, yes, Lord, even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. There's knowledge in her prayer, boldness in her prayer, and we need that as well. And it said, Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. How we need to be persistent in our prayer. How we need the word of God to help us in our prayer. Read through the Psalms. There's loads of prayers. Psalm 119 is all about prayer. And it mentions about the word of God over and over again. There are so many prayers in the Psalms that can help us as well as in the New Testament so that they direct us and, and accept our, you know, raise our expectations in prayer. And, you know, for years I've seen some wonderful answers to prayer on personal levels uh, and praying for people, seeing them saved. But, you know, um, uh, praying here uh, about uh, people, uh, the Lord's people who are suffering persecution, we must remember them. Uh, and I can remember with encouragement when years ago we used to pray for the churches in Eastern Europe because they were under the rule of communism. In Albania, they banned God. They said there is no God. They declared themselves in 1967 as the first atheistic country. Now, there's churches there, growing churches. It's a hard work, but it's a growing church. It's wonderful to read. I still get the Albanian, as, as some of you do, the Albanian Evangelical Mission. It's wonderful to see a transformation in, what, 20 under 30 years of where they were in this state of uh, very few believers who lived in an underground situation to now towns and villages having churches of Christ because God heard the answers of his pr people's prayers because they prayed out not just the Albanians but people all around the world and all the Eastern Bloc countries when I went uh, last year to that conference in Belgrade and um, uh, uh, it was a, a young a youth conference to, to uh, teach the youngsters from the word of God and, and, uh, and about prayer all sorts of things but it rejoiced because I rejoiced in my heart because I saw answers to prayer because Bulgaria was a really hard country opposed to the gospel. And I saw a group of young Christians who drove all the way from, from, from Sofia to Belgrade. That's no mean, that's quite a good old drive. And they were there praising God, believers, active, you know, enthusiastic about Christ. That's an answer to prayer. Saw Romanians there. Again, a, a, a regime which was really anti-God and, you know, attacked the church. But they were there, praising God and having a living faith, looking to reach out, let alone Yugoslavia as it was and now Serbia and various Croatia, various other countries. But that's a, I see there a living answer to prayer. And we need to be encouraged. Prayer is vital. Prayer is, is, you know, we, we need it to survive as believers, to grow as believers. As, as Jesus said, we ought to pray and not lose heart, not to give up. We need to value prayer as Jesus did so that we grow as individual believers and we grow 
as a church because we need to gather together and pray and the more amens that we have on a prayer is it's you know it, the louder is the noise that goes into glory well may god help us to get hold of these things and really be a praying people and that we get more acquainted in a, and, and, and have a deeper relationship with our god amen